By the way, Brother Adam, at this point, you're going to be on the resolutions committee next year. I'm just letting you know. Please. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Tag You It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm David Van Bever. And yes, i am uh, got a little bit of a different background. We've uh, been given some grace uh, from some uh, church family, uh, somebody yeah. working on the house. And so, yeah, I had to sort of come upstairs into a different room that uh, I don't think a Tag You It Podcast has ever been recorded in. Um, so, again, uh, we've been all around this house on the Tag Yeah, started in the basement, man. Moved upstairs. Basement, moved upstairs and then went down to the middle. And then it's now in, uh, you know, my daughter's old room, which is now my wife's office. So she let me uh, have the uh, night or the evening in her office anyway while she uh, takes care of the kiddos during uh, our time. So that was very you. nice of her. You know, yeah. it, I always make sure to thank Cassie when I come over to your house. It's been a little while, but I did get to thank her back in January when I came over, yeah. and that was great. Uh, but I used to thank her every week, every other week, those kind of things, because I was grateful, because it is a sacrifice on her yeah, part. Yeah, and uh, she, you're, you're going to thank her for uh, letting you stay over on, uh, I guess, March 31st. I'm guessing there's 31 days this I month. I think that's so. the plan, yeah. I think that's, that's the plan, man. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's yeah. my – I mean, it'll because. be a – we have the Christendom conference coming up and everything. And so we definitely need to get the information out. Um, so be watching the uh, tag your timeline as we share those things about the Christendom conference with the Hope Baptist boys, um, Josh and Brandon that have been on the show that we're together with, with the Abolish Abortion Missouri as well. So um, if you haven't checked, check out the Hope Baptist Facebook page. They probably got, they've got an event up there about uh, their uh, Christmas conference where we're going to deal with uh, households and families and uh, what that looks like, and uh, especially for Christendom. So get a hold of that. We'll definitely have more information on, on the podcast uh, as we get closer, uh, because Dave and I will be doing another uh, Tag You're It uh, Q&A session. Dave will be with me this year. And, That's the plan, man. <laughs> so pray for me, because I will be basically going from Salina to your house right. that day that'd be a nice so, long trip it'll be a long it'll be a long day but it'll be good and uh we just pray that god will help me to rest well that's the big thing yeah. is yes. so then i can preach and i i have a pretty good idea of what i'm going to be preaching on at that particular point too so all good great stuff many blessings many blessings adam we're, we're glad god gets yeah. to yeah. gets all glory it's good well, we have a very interesting little discussion to talk about today. I don't know that there's a good transition to it, but everyone well, watched the Super great Bowl, right? Transition to it because we already talked about it last week. That that's we right. And on the uh, he is or he gets us kind of stuff since that had come out. Um, you saw Super Bowl ads. Um, you've heard people talk about it. Um, I in my circles, you know, I remember people seeing the commercials and they're kind of like. Oh, that's pretty neat and stuff like that. And I'm kind of going, uh, like my knee jerk reaction is to go, okay, what's, they spent a lot of money. They're going to be uh, doing this. Uh, so what's the catch? You know, I'm, I'm always hopeful that, uh, there is something awesome and solid that, uh, you know, people put their stuff behind 
um, to get the message out and to bring people in. And, you know, like, I'm not against inviting uh, people to know who Jesus is. So, you know, but at the same time, I've been it's been burned every time, burned every time, every time something gets explosive and popular, um, especially with that kind of money behind it. Uh, yeah. Super commercial, you know, like the knee jerk reaction is always like, I'm not going to say anything good or bad until mm -hmm. what does the Bible tell us to do? Especially if it's something that says we want to give you the Jesus of the Bible, then I got to go. What does the Bible also tell us to do is be slow to speak and quick to listen right. and take your time. All right. And so, you know, now we've taken our time. And so we uh, Dave and I wanted to get together and sort of address the issue. Um, by no means are we going to be comprehensive or anything, but we want to spend this time just on the introduction. And so, um, yeah, one you, of the things uh, I wanted to throw in there. Yeah. The first yeah, thing that I'd say, heard about. Yeah, the first thing that I'd heard about it was that the North American Mission Board was not giving money to it. So the okay. Southern Baptists decided that they did not want to affiliate with it, which that's okay. a, to me, I think that. Uh, that should be a sign. You or know, that's an interesting thing. I don't thing. know. Either way, I guess the SBC yeah. really want to get into abolitionism so they wouldn't be funding um, something good. But at least they're not funding something that we will kind of show. <laughs> not so yeah. good well and the it, other interesting thing was the first ad that i saw i think that they started it like in may of of 2022 if i understand everything correctly it began in may of 2022 the idea was to spend a few billion dollars uh, on different ways to market this idea he gets us and the first actual ad that i saw it was on youtube i got a commercial for it popped up and i thought that's interesting it seems very vague it seems like they're being very loose with what they're doing. So in other words, they're casting a really wide net, like intentionally there was vagaries left. And for me, I thought that there was a problem with that because when I proclaim the gospel, I'm not going to just toss out vagaries. Like when I read the book of Acts, they're not just tossing out vagaries. Like even if you go to Mark's gospel, Jesus' first words are repent and believe. Um, that's a huge thing. And so I would say that there needs to be at least a, a look at what's going on. So again, I'm looking at those who are affiliated with it. Okay. I did not look at every single one, but I did hear that. No, the Southern Baptist Convention chose not, or the North American Mission Board chose not to really jump into it. And number two, the ad that I did see, all of the ads that I saw seemed to deal with what I thought were not only uh, vague ideas, but even the manner in which they presented things didn't give a clear-cut idea on what Scripture taught. So, best thing you can do is go to the About page or find out what their mission statement is, which is what we're going to do today. Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, I just wanted to kind of give the methodology here. As, yeah. Because when we're talk, talking about Vantillianism. Or, you know, because, you know, Bonsa, Bonson, I, his head will pop up there. You can see his cool hair. <laughs> anyway, but uh, the thing with the the thing about apologetics and especially the presuppositional or covenantal approach is to definitely you want to cut things off at, at the head. Um, that's why I did the, what I did with the Freemason thing. How do you how do you get to be a Freemason? Well, hey, here's a petition and it gives a bunch of information. You can go from the outset. This is not Christian. It's actually anti-christian right mm -hmm. and so can we go to the about page can we learn something from the just the entry point to get to know them are they giving sort of if you critically thought um and and the big critical piece to to ask yourself is what has to be tree true for something that they say to be true so you can you, you don't necessarily have to speculate a whole lot but you can ask that question 
if they say this, what has to be true in order for that to be true? So there's something that it presupposes. Okay, so we're presuppositional. And so or is, is there anything that they kind of give that and, and give hints to that will lead you to go, well, that's actually not biblical um, if you care about biblicism anyway. So the so, first thing I want to do is just play the video from the Super Bowl. One of the there were two Super Bowl ads I want to play. One of them I think the one that received the most uh, coverage was this particular one here. And the reason that I want to do that is because I think that it's going to be really really important for uh, maybe someone who doesn't know what's going on to have at least some idea of, of what's happening. It's again it's not a very long video. It's fairly short. But let's just play it. Let's watch it. We'll respond to it, and then let's jump into what I think is the really more telling piece, and that is the about them or their agenda, which is basically what they put out. Yeah. Foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this And see what's behind Got no way to prove it So maybe I'm lying Take a look in the mirror What do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? In what you believe Cause I'm only human After all Yes. So there's there's your vagary. Um, The most explicit, obvious thing is there's a lot of um, division going on. And so that's what will take you into the about page and into their agenda. But uh, the the big issue here is like, what did you see in the video? Does it that screams at you that Jesus gets us? It says he gets us. Who's he? Jesus. Right. It does mention Jesus, you know, and that Jesus gets us all of us and so you know it's a very therapeutic uh way to start start a session yeah uh, way but uh that's what you that's kind of what i got from the video is it seems like okay so you've got really some really telling stuff because it has everybody mad at each other white people black people cops uh street folks uh the list goes on everybody's in division right so it's just like that that kind of just proves the whole um, intersectionality and critical race theory wrong because uh, if you take all of history into account, that's everybody, and so we can't do the whole like uh, our our people over here are the most oppressed, and we need action now. I mean, so that's kind of telling. I mean, I can I can deduce that from from all of that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, one but, of the things know, that jumps out to me, Adam, is a, a very catchy ad. By the way, uh, music is very appealing right i think they chose really good i mean really well done stuff they've spent a lot of money on it right oh yeah um the images are all black and white they're things that we remember from the last two years i mean two to three years we've got this reality where we're really thinking about okay it was in 2020 in march of 2020 so you got 2020 2021 2022 and here we are in 2023 and so we can recall much of what's going on. There is a serious problem. 
The reality, though, is from a Christian worldview, the big problem is people. People are sinful. Mm -hmm. Jesus made it very clear uh, in the Gospel of John, it says that the light entered into the world, but the world hated it. So the bigger hate isn't so much people hating one another. It's doing what Romans 3.10 says, that people are God-haters. Yeah. The vagueness, I imagine, was very intentional. They're wanting to get clicks on the website, right? And so I think that that is what they did. Again, whenever a company puts together a Super Bowl ad, right, it becomes really a a make-or-break moment, right? Uh, you get this opportunity to say, oh, that was the most appealing. People are going to be talking about it for a while. We think about the Jeep ad from uh, 2021, actually. It was 2021 when the Jeep ad aired, the, the one that in the middle. Again, yeah. using some vagaries, what I would certainly call uh, what, again, communication theorists would, would recognize the terminology. Now, again, not a lot of words are being used, but there's Barna language being brought in. Barna language is simply when you insert your language vague enough for you to be able to insert yourself in and to think, oh, this applies to me. Very broad statement. And then he gets us. Jesus loves the people we hate. Yeah, That's an interesting, interesting piece. Um, presupposing a few different things, by the way. And I think that it's good that we move over to their website now and take a look at what we see i think is most important their about page but what grabbed my attention a little bit more than the about page was here's our agenda page so yeah. let's take a little bit of time just uh unpacking some of the things from the agenda page and i'm going to pull yeah. it up here because i think that it's uh very very useful for yeah, us and just to you know just just a one little bold piece of information i mean my screen's a little cracked or whatever but this is the about page and just uh, look at those bold letters. And this is what those bold letters say. So from the outset, if you went to, he gets us, you hit about. And the first thing that you're going to see is that he gets us as a movement to reintroduce people to the Jesus of the Bible and his confounding love and forgiveness. We believe his words, example and life have revelant, revelant or uh, yeah. Irrelevance, I cannot talk, apparently, uh, in our lives today and offer hope for a better future. And so when you read that, I want you to make sure that you heard that they are about the Jesus of the Bible. So that puts them in this box. It's not, uh, you know, this the Baptist Jesus or the Presbyterian Jesus, the Assemblies of God Jesus, the Church of Christ Jesus, the, uh, the Kamala Harris, uh, she's a Baptist with Buddhist roots Jesus. You know, it says Jesus of the Bible. So apparently there's a standard that uh, you can go to, to go, you know, if they're saying Jesus of the Bible, okay, they made the standard. It's not our Jesus. Um, it's not their Jesus. It's the Jesus of the Bible. So we just got to make sure, okay, they have put themselves in a box. They got to stay in that box. Okay. So recognizing they're saying that the Bible is God's authority. So they're saying, I just, again, this is a good thing. Like I want to, their statement is. There is a Jesus that objectively existed. Who he is is recorded in the sacred writ of the Bible. Again, these are 
it's a Protestant group, it seems, because they wouldn't go to the Bible. If they were non-Protestant, they would say according to the Roman Catholic Church or according to the historical church or however Catholicism would put that. So they are setting themselves apart as Protestant, which I think is good. Seems very evangelical. We're going to the Bible. We believe his word. That's great. Jesus's word, God's word, is an example for our life, and it's relevant today. Man, um, and again, the post-millennial in us, post-millennialist in us should say, and he is our hope for a better future. No, no, we know there's a better future, but yeah, yeah, that does. We have a hope in a better future. Praise the Lord. Those are, man, those are great things. Like I can connect with what is being said right there in that first bit, but we also have to hold people to a standard. It's just like yeah. when the Mormon comes to you and they say, I love Jesus, you love Jesus. Is it the same Jesus? Are you being yeah. consistent with the standard in which you put Jesus forward? Yeah. You want so to it's one down? of those things that like, knee-jerk reactions whenever we see this stuff out there shouldn't be like, I'm already gung-ho for it. We need to make sure that mm. we be quick to listen and slow to speak um, on both sides. You know, I'm going to say on the but my knee-jerk reaction is to go, well, here's another try. Um, I'm going to, we're already going to find stuff. And I mean, that's what we did. Um, doesn't mean I knew it at the time, but now, um, just what we're getting ready to go through is going to show some, some bad stuff that's going to, that could happen out of here. And there's reasons why, and it's going to be because it says Jesus of the Bible, but does not stick to the Bible, does not give the whole counsel of God when it comes to this. And it's because of that wide net and it's a it, missional missions makes our hearts flutter and we lose our minds and we lose our standards and we uh, go for the gusto and we put ourselves, actually we put more, more on ourselves than what Jesus, we, mm. he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he gave us a sufficient word and a sufficient work for us to do. Um, but we've got to do more and that's kind of the, what, what happens here. And so, but then again, we again, so make that clear. Uh, yeah. Our goal is to hold them to the standards by which they have presented themselves yeah. on the and very so first two sentences in their people to the Jesus of the Bible. And so, so when you look this, at, yeah, whenever anybody else looks at this website, that's the standard. Okay. So does the Bible say what they say? So it's really not – and this statement here about, about is fairly concise, and so I think that it's okay to – it all started with a diverse group of people passionate about the authentic Jesus of the Bible. Amen. That's great. We know that every tribe, every tongue will, again, uh, be there in the king's throne room uh, on Judgment Day. Um, they will be praising the Lord. There will be people on uh, in the new creation who are from every tribe and tongue and it sounds like this is a group of a lot of people and it says they're passionate about the jesus of the bible excellent being passionate is good while much has been said about him much is still misunderstood agreed i think that that is a good statement um i would say there also needs to be a little bit of a caveat but you can know who he is and they write yeah. but we're confident that as people clearly understand, read, and learn for themselves about who Jesus is, they'll find wisdom, hope, and peace unlike any other offered. Yeah. No statement about salvation, no statement about the Holy Spirit bringing people from deadness to the newness of life. Yeah, and it becomes an intellectual issue. So this is just an intellectual maneuver, an intellectual buzz 
on who Jesus is. And it's one of those things that you're going to come down to like, okay, you can know who he is, but what's the real issue if you're talking about the Jesus of the Bible. And so we, they move on here to say, you know, on the about page, uh, be assured though, that we are not left or right or in a, a political organization. Oh, you put yourself forward as one in the pictures, sort of. Uh, but they're saying they're not right or left or a political organization of any kind. We're also not affiliated with any particular church or denomination. We simply want everyone to understand the authentic Jesus as he's depicted in the Bible. Again, here's where they say, here's the standard. Okay. Jesus uh, and the, the Jesus of radical forgiveness, compassion, and love. And I got to ask, you got to ask the question, is that all? Is that all Jesus is all does the Bible the standard that we've picked? Is Jesus only about con- forgiveness, compassion, and love? What does Bringing that mean? Glory unto the yeah. Father. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so um, you know that's that's just kind of like where they're at. Um, again, they keep on admitting the Bible is their standard, and so that's what we definitely need to keep them to. Um, I don't know if we want to go through the about. You know, Let me jump hit, to this. I, I think this is a good statement here. Yeah. Our hope is that you see how Jesus experienced challenges and emotions just like we have. We want to provide a safe place to ask questions, including tough ones. I like very much that they recognize Jesus was truly God and truly man. I think that that's mm-hmm. important. Uh, it is important to recognize those things. But. Jesus is Savior, who does, who does call out sin, who does uphold the righteousness of God, who said statements about God. Are you going to pad those things underneath the rug, or are you going to deal with those? They say that they're ready for hard questions. Everything that they see seems to be very seeker-friendly. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's very interesting to me. I'm going to jump down here. Ultimately, we want people to know his teachings and how he lived while here on earth. And this will be the starting point for understanding his message. Though we believe he was Christians, was what Christians can fo- call fully God and fully man. Great job there. That's a mm-hmm. great historical statement. That may not be but what you believe. We're simply inviting you to explore with us. He gets us how things might be different if more people followed his example. Wait a second. No. Christians don't want just people to follow Jesus' example. They want to confess him as Lord and recognize who he – again, it's very, very – it's like a soft handling of him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things like are we just supposed to have different behaviors and want a better behaved world or do we want a – saved world a a reconciled world that is reconciled through the death on the cross which is sin which is law which is all that stuff that apparently they're probably not going to talk about um they're just only going to focus on on one side of it as if nothing else matters so the thing is you're only going to get maybe half a jesus of the bible that's going to lead you to a false jesus um, not at the Bible at all, if you only stick with half of it. And so uh, it seems like it's very behavior oriented um, and it's definitely not going to show us who Jesus really is. And there's one big issue that will come up. And I mean, it's just going to be on the fact of who's the problem. 
um, what is the problem. And it's the stuff that we get, we teach from the pulpits all day, but apparently it doesn't get down to the people that have the money that want to go to action and uh, do things in, in, in the right way. Um, but yeah, I think we can definitely move on to, uh, if you go to their page, um, it's, they, they, they admit. So the cool thing is they're being honest. They're being transparent. They say he gets us, has an agenda things. Everybody has an agenda. And if you say you don't have an agenda, I'm just, you got one. Let's just be honest about it. You know, we're all trying to preach. We're all trying to teach one another. We all have a worldview. We all are religious. And, uh, if you say you're not religious, well, I'm going to find where you have faith and go like, well, you have faith in material. You have faith in, uh, in, in the empirical. So that's the in the material that's in the natural. Um, you know, you have things that you cannot answer for. You cannot account for. And you're starting with that's your religion. So, you know, if you can't be honest about it, you know, that's just because you're a truth suppressor and you only uh, make the case for me when you act like that. So. Um, but yeah, so when we go here, um, they got an agenda. So they start by saying, how did the story of a man who taught and practiced unconditional love, peace, and kindness, who spent his life, uh, defending the poor and the marginalized, a man who even forgave his killers while they executed him unjustly, whose life is inspired or whose life inspired a radical movement that is still impacting the world thousands of years later. How did this man's story become associated with hatred and oppression for so many people and how might all we all or yeah how might we all rediscover the promise of love his story represents those are the questions at the heart of he gets us and so, so I have a few yeah. problems just right off the bat there what is the definition of unconditional love yeah. because that is a very vague and arbitrary term if you are not looking at this from a, again, I, I, I don't actually find the word unconditional love being a scriptural word. Jesus loves you, whatever. Uh, however, I don't think that that's actually accurate. Um, in yeah. fact, Psalms makes it very clear that, that God hates people. Uh, that's, that's a very real yeah. statement. God hates sinners. There are that is a true statement. There, there are conditions in which God hates. There are conditions in which God loves, he says that I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. I will mercy whom I mercy. We know that he is not compassioning or mercying everybody. Um, and yeah, Jesus does come on the scene and he does say, come all who are weary and heavy laden and you can find rest, right? I will give you living water. Like he is, he is an inviting, um, he's an inviting savior and king, right? He is, he does invite but the only thing is there are still conditions that will be had and it will be had his way if we're going to use the Bible as a standard. So we don't have, you know, like unconditional love. If you're not going to provide a definition here, then we have to make the person the standard. What are they going to hear? And you're going to bring them in with this uh, bait and switch. If you're actually biblical, you're going to end up doing a bait and switch. And you're, going to, you're the reason why people don't like Jesus because of the bait and switch of big corporations coming together and putting this uh, mamby-pamby vague stuff to bring people. This is what the, the seeker-sensitive movement is what kills people well, and what Psalm, actually fights people. But Psalm 5.5, five, you destroy those who speak wrong. falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. Um, how do you rectify that with unconditional love? Oh, wait. Unconditional love is not 
is not a biblical term. Psalm eleven yeah. five, the Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. It's a unconditional election, and it's because uh, the same the, the issue that we'll get to here that they don't hold to and they don't teach. It's the heart of man, the heart of man, not the mind of the man. It's the heart of the man that's the issue, and uh, and and so whenever we say unconditional election as Calvinists, we're saying that none nobody is worthy to be saved. And if God wanted to save anybody, he can't he can't base it on us. Romans 9, 13, Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated. Uh, very, very clear. Psalm 11, 5 and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. How do you ju- how do you rectify that with some arbitrary definition of unconditional love? I have a very serious problem with that further. The approach here is as if people have some type of neutrality towards God. Again, that's their whole idea there. Again, it's very clear that no one is seeking for God. Romans 3.10, Psalm 53, 1-3, to the choir master, according to Malatha, a mascal of David. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable, abominable iniquity. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there is anyone who understands, who seeks after God. They all have fallen away together. They have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. That statement from Scripture, who they've already said is their authority, is their paradigm, they've left that with this statement. It's inconsistent. It's not a true biblical statement on what Jesus taught about God and how Jesus engaged people. Yes, he said, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That certainly is a very inviting document. But there are people that are God-haters, and they don't get forgiveness unless they ask for forgiveness. Yeah, and then if we have to have a Jesus-in-flesh example, uh, Matthew 23, he denounces all the woes. He says that, you know, like you Jewish leadership, woe on you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You do this, you do that. He hated them. And then, you know, the other big thing is what what comes after that is the fact that Christ comes back within that generation and destroys everything. Um, And I'm sure that's missing from, you know, remains to be seen. um, But I'm going to just uh, say that they're probably not on the same page uh, eschatologically. And so somehow they skip over the fact that Jesus actually uh, came on his presence came. And uh, just like in the Old Testament, you know, the the nations around Jerusalem came and trampled the city. (laughs) And that was Jesus. In uh, in full control, um, getting starting the point of where he's getting rid of enemies and making them his footstool. Uh, so that's you know, are we are we going to end up getting people again? This is the bait and switch. Are we going to get to get people in on this Jesus of unconditional love? But then you actually take them to the standard that you say, the Bible, and then they open it up and they go, Jesus was harsh. He well, that's really the answer. Me. According to our standard, anyway, my standard of loving, he, Jesus shouldn't have said, you brood of vipers. Yeah, excellent. And and again, here's this great piece, Adam, that last little line of that introductory sentence, which is a very long sentence, by the way. How did this man's story become associated with hatred and oppression for so many people? Are you ready? People who are lost in sin, who love their sin, don't want to be told that their sin is wicked and evil. So what do they do? They repudiate repudiate that idea, 
And so what has happened is when you actually take the true teachings of Christ, you're not going to be surprised when Jesus says, take up your cross, deny yourself. Um, nobody did, in their natural uh, state wants the to Pharisees, deny themselves. Yeah. Why did the Pharisees honor God with their lips, but not their hearts? Because they wanted to build a kingdom for themselves and they knew they had to at least use God to get their earthly kingdom that they wanted to build. And so how does Jesus get associated um, with hatred and oppression? Well, for one, if you hate God, then God has a law and he said, what is right and not right? And you're going to feel oppressed if you go against it. You're going to feel marginalized whenever you go against it and you love your sin and you can't lose that. But somehow you still got to have Jesus and you're trying to use this Jesus thing. Well, you know, then you're in the whole like Marcion thing. Well, you know, the God of the Old Testament was angry, but, you know, you got the God of the New Testament and he's all merciful. And then, no, again, Revelation talks about Christ and him judging. So, like, you can't do that. And uh, again, there's a bait and switch that's going to happen that's going to destroy people and not and it's going to from the outset, they're already failed because. They want to you to rediscover Jesus, but then whenever you rediscover Jesus, you're making those de-churched or unchurched people keep them in the same spot that they were because you didn't give them the truth because you're afraid of, you know, because you think that you actually have to save them for one, and it's not your job to save. Tell the truth, be faithful, put your head on your pillow at night because you've actually served God and not man in that. Um, but, uh, James says this thing very, very clear. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, who wishes, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I'm sorry, but this language is exceptionally weird. We want to be your friend. That's not how Jesus came. He didn't come to be. In fact, he makes it clear. I am going to separate people. I am going to separate homes, mothers. And father, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons will hate each other. How might we all rediscover the promise of the love of his story and love his story represents? Those are the questions that are at the heart, that are at the heart of he gets us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait a so, second. Yeah, that's not an easy message. And that's not the same message as being presented here. Uh, to save your life, you must lose it. That's the words of Christ, not, man, he just loves you so un- unconditionally, and yeah, he's just going to accept you no matter what you do. That's not yeah. what Scripture says. It's not even close to what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly, incredibly problematic. Yeah. Then they that's, write, why, done- oh, that's why the Go thing is, as J- Jeff Durbin uh, has said, that Jesus loves you is not evangelism. That's right. Um, so that's basically what this is, is Jesus loves you. This is how we're, that's our starting point for evangelism. What was Jesus starting point? Like he was, he came to preach what? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent from what? Oh, your humans are the problem and we must change because the kingdom of heaven is here. It's at hand. It's coming. It wasn't. I love you, everybody. He didn't come down shiny, happy people holding hands and was just a hippie and everybody in to be his disciples and stuff. No, he came and said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He sent God said in the Old Testament, I will send a forerunner. And that's what John the Baptist also said. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
and it was to his own people that were coming out, you know, like, who are you? Or like, who do you come to see a reed shaking in the wind? You know, you know, who warned you of the wrath to come? That's right. Well, and, of, and again, a lot of the, the, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees to them. Then, then you get Jesus the at the end of Matthew. If anybody watched my debate, um, he's talking to the Pharisees saying, basically, they're going to be destroyed. And they knew it. And they actually knew the justice in that. And then they're like, they knew Jesus was talking about them. Then. That's right. And well, so, and Adam, yeah. what happens when you present Jesus in this way? You say, I'm going to give you the biblical Jesus. Then you should be talking about the things that Jesus said. You are a sinner. The wrath of God dwells on you. That's not even close to what's being presented here. Yeah, I am one hundred percent for Christians doing everything they can to get the true gospel message out to people. And the true gospel message is: we were dead in sin. We were God haters. Yet, while we were still in sin, Christ died for us. You are in a mess, and you are in a mess of your own doing. And unless you repent and call on Christ, you'll be in that mess forever. Yeah. And so if you want unity, we can only find unity in Christ. But it has to be by his standards. He, he's the king. That's right. He is the creator. He's the king. All things were made through him, for him, to him. And uh, so, like, but whenever we get back, whenever we get down to the next paragraph, we're going to see that same thing. Same thing that we've had on the podcast for years, which is the opening uh, part of of John Calvin's institutes to know God is to know self. So if you want to give people the real biblical Jesus, you have to give them the real biblical them. Yes. So they come together. So just like the knowledge of God and the knowledge of self that are so intertwined as Calvin stated it, like um, which one do we know first? Do we know ourselves first? Do we know? Cause to know ourselves is to know God and to know God is to know ourselves. Right. And so right. when we're seeking to do our evangelism, like we have to have the ethos ourselves to, and the log from the logos to get to the pathos that'd be the trivium um but you know it comes down to the simple to simple say if you give somebody the biblical jesus you have to give them the biblical them and That's so right. whenever we get into the second paragraph it says we've done a lot of homework on our culture we researched how people feel about each other and what they think about jesus and christianity we've connected with thousands of people of various faith traditions i'd like a definition of that because you know that could be is it a general faith traditions again i'm a baptist with buddhist roots roots or is this like orthodox christian you know it could be presbyterian whatever we're not going to throw those denominations here's here's christianity do they work with that and it says and those who claim to no, claim no religion we've worked with them uh we spoke to all kinds of people different backgrounds beliefs and yes political affiliations and this is what we've learned from politics to sexuality and religion and so so many of us feel like our values beliefs and identities are under attack by the ideological others around us um I'm, stop there. I'm like wait a second why did you separate why did you put religion in the same plane as politics and sexuality? I'm sitting here going like, again, this is this shows that they are not epistemologically aware. Yes. Because, again, religion is a worldview. It's a yes. worldview. They teach it. They, they have to teach worldview in colleges at some level. It's a it's a it's I mean, you've got the German thing and then you have Cornelius Van Til, which lands like he still he, he sees the 
the the goodness of oh yeah you know and then he that's what we utilize as this worldview thing but still we we put religion in the same plane like and we separate it you know this is just compartmentalizing this is monism this is not christianity right and so you know people but people do have that people are monists and so everything's on one plane and one story and uh we're trying you know they're from from the bottom story you know that's the the classical argumentation which is enlightenment which is not us <laughs> kind of stuff um but yeah but that's that's kind of one of those things like they're continuing to perpetuate um, without giving you the worldview issue they're not saying that you are religious everyone is religious it's just what do you believe who is your god who like who determines truth and who do you serve because we're all born worshiping and that's why we do what we do all right right and so many perceive those who differ yeah. from them on issues of justice dignity and humanity as not just wrong or misguided but also as evil as enemies well here's the difference How about some christians know, know. <laughs> they know it says in scripture that they are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness they know the god that they are suppressing and hate that's why they recoil when you tell them they are in sin, because they are born in Adam, in rebellion, dead in their sin and trespasses. None of this type of language is even being put. And you might say, well, that's because it would turn people away. But that's the gospel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so um, let's see, we could keep on going down. Um, so we often, we often see others as uh, close, close minded, selfish, hypocritical and if we're honest, many of us respond in kind. And that, I mean, that that's true. Um, we, we're all doing this. Um, we, we all, again, but it's because we all have a worldview and we're all, uh, we're all have a faith in something. And so what the, all this, all this is suggesting is that uh, our position that we have contended for since the inception of this podcast is that there is no neutrality and it's right. showing secularism is finally eating itself because the enlightenment that that put secularism out there a, a neutral civil area for everybody to come and be tolerant and it just shows that it was a false truce from the outset and so now we're just eating ourselves that's why we're in postmodernism that's why um people are trying to get you know just psalms 2 psalm 2 says it correctly you know the nations are raging and we're saying get rid of the chains Get rid of the chains and have, and God is going to sit up there and laugh because he's already made a decree. And that's the Jesus that you should be giving people. The one that's right. sitting, the, the king that he has put and it says, kiss the son, lest he be angry. Oh, the son, angry. No, but again, bait and switch. People are going well, to read, be like, that's Jesus that he's talking about. And you told me this Jesus that is just Mr. Lovey-dovey hippie guy. And no, you lied to me, so I don't even know what to believe. Do I believe the Bible? Do I believe you? So you make people, you're from the outset, already starting something that's going to make the people that you're already talking to. Well, <laughs> so, Adam, likewise. Circular pattern. Yeah, and, and the other issue is that the, the problem is that we're all enemies of the gospel when we are born. We're all enemies of the gospel. Romans 5, 10, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now we are reconciled. Shall we be saved by his life? Those in, who are in Adam are all closed-minded. That's yep. the reality. They're all closed-minded. They don't want to hear. It's not until the Holy Spirit actually re uh, uh, 
goes into them and regenerates them that they begin to even have the faith and desire for repentance. Mark 7, 21 to 22, from within, out of the heart, a man come, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Where did those things come from? Not from a neutral passerbyer, but from the heart of every man. That's where those things, they're already enemies of God. That's the issue. That's the gospel. That's the truth of who we are. Unless you start with a biblical anthropology, you're not going to get to the true Jesus. You're not going to accurately represent who he is. Titus 3, 3, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hatred by others, and hating one another. Oh, wait, remember they were saying people hated each other? Where does that come from? The unregenerate heart. Yeah. We were once like that. That's not a neutral yeah. statement. There's a way to change from that. Jesus Christ. But you have to recognize that you are the hater. Instead of yeah. playing the victim, because that's what's going on here. You're the victim of other people's hate. You're the victim of other people not rightly representing Jesus as this lovey-dovey guy. No statements have been made. Our agenda is to seek and to save that which was lost. There's Jesus's mission statement, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, you know, it goes down to, uh, you know, the more ideologically defensive we become, the more we are willing to sacrifice things like kindness, patience, and the respect and dignity of others for the sake of victory. And that's something that, yes, um, that Dave and I even have to watch out that we, um, as Sight and Bruggenkett say, uh, love the person of our apologetics, not our apologetic, you know, so lo love Jesus. So, so we don't love winning we don't just want to do victory because christianity is going to call you to that that you have to be kind you have to be patient you have to be respectful and you have to um, keep the person a human because you're actually and that's why again we are presupposition or covenantal presuppositional because we recognize the only point of contact is the image of god and man that they know they suppress the truth god's handed them over and that that that's the thing is you the only thing that's going to make anybody different it's not about behaviorism it's about them being regenerated by the holy spirit and actually saved that's what evangelism is for that's why i say therefore apologetics whenever it comes to evangelism because it's just a second another side of a coin to the process of when you're talking to people and you're presenting them the gospel and they're asking questions and this is an apologetic thing so are we going to set you know like are you doing evangelism are you doing apologetics are they both it should be both um and yes we got to do it that that right way and it says you know that uh but the thing is whenever you put in that you know the more ideologically defensive well am i being ideologically uh, uh, defensive whenever i mention these things am i being in line with the bible jesus of the bible or am i just do i have my own ideology of jesus and the bible so is jesus in the bible an abstraction now yes is and here's the other thing adam you got to watch the vagueness of these words and the arbitrary meaning that's packed into each and every single one of them. They're intentionally doing that, by the way. Kindness. Does kindness and truth always go together? Which is more important? Truth. Truth is the kindest thing you can do. When Jesus said in Mark 8, 33, get behind me, Satan, to Peter, that was the kindest thing that he could say. But guess what? According to an arbitrary standard of the world, that was mean. That hurt his self-esteem. Guess what? It was true. Get behind me, Satan. 
your yeah. mind is not on things of God, but on things of this world or things of the flesh, depending upon the translation. Guess yeah. what? That was the kindest thing that he could say to truly give him the gospel yeah. that is from Satan. Yeah. And Does so that you know, fall in line with their idea of kindness. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah, the more so, but then this is the, this is the true sentiment of what's going on. You know, like we all have our religion, we all have what we believe and uh, we do um, sacrifice things like kindness and patience and respect and the dignity of others for the sake of victory. Yeah. Like, and, but it goes on and it says, and it's tearing it's apart. Yeah, for sure. Because secularism was a false truth. We tried neutrality doesn't work here. We are. And um, yeah, we, we are falling apart. Um, we experience it in politics and the workplace and schools and even churches. Yes. And, uh, and at the heart of the conflict, here's the deal. Here's the problem though. Here's the problem is, is the, the problem that they call the problem is not the problem. It says the heart of the conflict of, is a fundamental disagreement on what it means to be good. No, it's the heart of the person problem is not good. And so it's not because we intellectually disagree on what good is. That is not the heart of the problem. The heart of the problem is the heart of man. And the fact that we can't disagree on what it means to be good is a symptom of that heart problem. Bingo. In the, 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 this, you're, you're not going back far enough because you're, are you, are you concerned with giving the person the Bible, the Jesus of the Bible and the per and who they are because what the Bible says about them. So that's a two way street there. You can't just give them Jesus without giving them who they are. Because right. if you don't give them who they are, they don't need Jesus. And that's what he gets us is about whenever we continue. <laughs> Judges 21, so says, 25, uh, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's the time that we live. Everyone did what mm -hmm. was good in his own eyes. There's a problem with that type of mentality. There's a standard for good. Wait a second. You guys claimed that you were going to use that standard. That language is not even in this document at all in any accurate way, and you're talking about your agenda. Well, your agenda isn't obviously to point to the Jesus of Scripture. Yeah. I, I don't see it. It's to point to this Jesus that you've made that is not even close. Yeah, and here's the kicker. So after saying that, after saying that the heart of the issues are disagreement on how to define good that's that's the heart right it says that throughout our shared history jesus has represented the ultimate good that mankind is capable of aspiring to so is that giving the person that's reading this not only the jesus of the bible but is that giving them the them of the bible and absolutely not. And if you don't give them the right them, then you're giving them the wrong Jesus. And if yes. we are all capable of aspiring to the ultimate good, then we don't need Jesus. So the question is, why do we need Jesus? Why have you not you given the reason why we need? Is that the reason why we need Jesus? If that's the reason why we need Jesus, then we don't need Jesus. So, no, the Bible says that we are not capable, that we are slaves to sin, that, uh, that the, this, the flesh rejects God because it can do no other. It can't yes. do anything otherwise because the things of God are discerned spiritually. So we have to have a new heart. We have to have 
new ears his word and to believe it and to actually ethically want it and so that's that's the problem is this is giving them a jesus that they don't need and so if you don't need jesus then why it says uh, it says it goes on to say and though some no longer believe in god most are still compelled by the idea of a person capable of unconditional love for others despite their differences and though we've already talked about the unconditional part um the issue is the reason why people are compelled to believe that is because they're made in the image of god and they're worshipers yes and you know you can have a statistical ideal like we do that with uh weight and beauty we have this like this uh, moving around for, you know, different cultures and different uh, centuries or whatever, you know, f- you know, back in the, the Renaissance time, you know, being fat was a good thing and a beautiful thing because it meant you were rich and all that kind of stuff. And now you come, you know, a little bit later in the West and it's to be like stick skinny and all that kind of stuff you have. the But that's that's what happens whenever you have a statistical um, uh, a st- statistical ideal person. We do this all the time. We have to. The buck's got to stop somewhere. There, there has to be somewhere where we derive beauty, and even if it's in mathematics, it's still coming into contact with what's going on, and it's going to shift and move around. So people are wanting it. Yes. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. They're supposed to worship God. So they've got to make a God on their own. Again, eight Romans one eighteen through thirty two talks about how they worship the creature instead of the Creator. And so now you're just giving them creature Jesus. You're saying he's the son of God, but you haven't given the you haven't said who we are. If Jesus is the son of God because the Bible says so, then what are we because the Bible says so? And then you're saying something against the Bible, which they don't need Jesus. And so then they only need Jesus to be an example for behaviorism. Bingo. So they really actually don't need Jesus because they're capable of aspiring to it. So why don't you just give them the good stuff to do? And they all want it, by the way. It also is inherent. They're saying that. And and everyone wants that kind of person. No, no, that's not right. They want to make themselves God. Calvin said it real clear. Human heart is an idol factory. Yeah. But yeah. 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 But many of us simply cannot reconcile the idea of that person with the way our culture experiences religion today. Well, stop making man your standard. Yes. Again, they've made man the standard here, but the pro- the problem is, is you can't make man the standard. You don't look at the church. Look at Jesus. Become a part of the church and use your gifts to go, hey, we need to repent. This church has done this to this community. We need to tell them I'm sorry and make it right. Cool. Yes, that's acting like a Christian. That's being made Christ-like. But again, that's to the Bible, but I, there's no repentance here. So I don't even know why I mentioned repentance because they're not talking about it. Nothing. Not said so, anything yet. Again, the first words of Jesus in Mark's gospel hypocrisy was and discrimination. Oh, go for it. Yes. Sorry, Adam. Yes. So whether it's hypocrisy and discrimination and the polarization of politics, many have regulated Jesus from the world's greatest, uh, relegated Jesus from the world's greatest love story. Um, to just another tactic used to intensify our deep cultural divisions. Well, it's going to continue that way whenever um, you've given given people a Jesus that they don't need. Yes. So there's going to be some people that, for some reason, still need a crutch of Jesus to change their behavior. That's AA and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, and then you have the people that go, well, I don't need Jesus to be a good person. So you, you're still only creating what's already existing that you're trying to change. You're not going to change them with this behaviorism, with this um, 
is he son of God or is he just a good teacher? Now, I don't know what to believe reading this. If you're not talking about him being the son of God, being the king, um, there's a kingdom. We must repent. There's a law that exposes us that we die whenever we read it. When it works evil in our members, whenever we know that, hey, God has revealed that he hates this. Now my flesh wants to actually do it more and we die. And then we come to Christ going like, well, no, he didn't just wink at me and clear the charges, right? We've talked about that before, but no, Jesus actually, because the law was is real and it's still enforced that Jesus died like he was nailed because of it for me, became my sin because that law is meaningful. Okay, we're talking about the gospel now because, yeah, because I am guilty of all that. Coveting is the one that broke Paul. It can break everybody in America. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> can everybody in the world right now um but uh let's see well, I think, adam i think yeah. we've got a good stopping place and we can come back and return to this our goal is to at least demonstrate fundamentally that there's some very serious issues going on with this you can't just jump onto something because they say they're christian you have to look at the jesus that they're actually advocating for so be very careful in saying hey that he gets us is great let me get some of their tracks and pass them out let's get all behind that wait a second what jesus do they present yeah it's not the one so, they well, say they're say, presenting yeah and then so you know just the point of application just for you know this first episode where again like i said we're not going to get very comprehensive and there ta-da we didn't so uh you know but the thing is to, to take this home and go um like just what dave has said there just what we would do with any sort of uh anything that apes christianity what jesus do they present um and is it the jesus that actually needs to save you <laughs> wants to save you and can actually save you and and th that's the thing is how go don't just take our word for it. Please go. You know, I don't care to give them uh, website hits and they can get their advertisement money and all that kind of stuff, you know. But no, go go read it for yourself. Um, and the only thing is, is I know that it's not just going to be an intellectual issue. If you go up there, there could be an ethical issue as well. And you, when you read this, go, I don't know what Adam's, you know, Adam and Dave, what they're so mad about or whatever. I'm going to say it's not just a... Uh, intellectual. It's a it's a thing that we got to fight against in our hearts. But um, is it a Jesus that actually needed to save you and actually could and actually wanted to? Um, are three good questions out of that um, as we go into the rest of what they provide that they're trying to win people over and invite people into. So. Amen. Dude, I think you hit it right on. I just believe that it's important we dive into things like this because there are many people who are hoodwinked into. Yeah, that's good. No, that's not. That's not. That's the antithesis of what we stand for. We want Christ came to save sinners, not to make everybody happy and feel good. It's that yeah. simple. It's just, yeah. This is just, prosperity just, light. This is prosperity yeah. light, man. Yeah, this, and I want to point people back to the, you know, Jesus at the gay bar episode. What did Jesus tell that kid? There ain't nothing in you that needs forgiveness. So that kid didn't need <sighs> Um, if you didn't like Jesus at the gay bar, then you can't like he gets us apparently. So we'll continue <laughs> to dig in and hopefully we can find some redeeming stuff that, you know, that will lead people that not astray, but you know, God hits uh, straight licks with crooked sticks all the time, Yep. but doesn't make it right for us to be crooked. So we got to make sure mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, it's out there. So if you know people that are, you know, and, and help us out because we want to 
this is another part of something that can be a continuing conversation. Um, it looks like it's going to have money to last for a long enough for us to make a few episodes about anyway. But if uh, you have people really getting into uh, He Gets Us, uh, send us an email saying, I've got a buddy that's saying this, or, hey, I really like it. Yes. Here's what I like about it. If there's anything that, uh, you know, you, you can point us in the right direction to change our minds uh, from this episode, um, then uh, give us uh, give us your, your links and all that kind of stuff, and we'll take that into consideration as we continue to go on. Because the reason why that we go over this is because they spend a lot of money uh, made a big enough splash and so just like with the uh, ear biscuits um, we hope that this uh, um, definitely helps as uh, ear biscuits has helped with the uh, churches and and people in the past and just to continue to help you guys and edify you guys um, as the culture throws stuff in your face all the time so yeah i'll give that to that was my mom sending me a text Dave. message <laughs> well hi Dave, mom <laughs> Well, man, I think that was great, brother, and I uh, I am all for everything that you said. I, I could not uh, be more on the same page with you on this, and uh, for that, I am very grateful. And so we want to encourage people to like, subscribe, share, please. If there is good in this, make sure you share it with other people because it's a blessing to us uh, to be able to do that. So with that said... Yes, with that said, this is the Tag Your Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Heather. And Soli. Deo. Deo.